Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to always pray and not faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she worry me. <clears throat> and the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. That's where we're going to stop reading right there. If the Lord will help us, I'd like to preach to you for a little while on faith. And so I've read in your hearing about a widow that continued to appear before this man on and on and on and on. No reason for her to believe that he would ever do anything for her. He feared not God nor regarded man. Showed no empathy, showed no concern whatsoever. But still, day after day after day, she made her supplication to Him. She begged and she pleaded and continued on until He got to the point to where He determined within Himself, I'm just going to grant what she's asking. Because she's just going to keep coming on and on and on. And so the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge had to say. <clears throat> he said, Shall not God avenge His own elect which cry day and night unto Him, though He bear along with them? I tell you that He will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall He find faith on the earth. We live in a world full of problems, aren't we? We live in a world where everybody has something that they've got to face. I, John asked you to raise your hands if you had a sinner that you were praying for. If I asked if you had a worry today, every hand in the house would go up. There's nobody under the sound of my voice here at Dutch Bottoms or on Facebook that's trouble-free. There's nobody that never has any cares, never has any worries. We all have problems, don't we? What we do with them determines our faith. What we do with them and how much we trust the Lord determines our faith. And, and let me just get to this. And you pray for a few minutes. I'd really like to get to the Lord. <clears throat> it says, <clears throat> it says, the trying of your faith worketh patience. And how can they hear without it? It goes on and says, 
it says the trying of your faith worketh patience. And, and then it goes on beyond that and says, to this, to this point, how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall he preach except he be sent? Behold how beautiful are the feet of them that preach good news of great things. The Gospel is not intended for me to tell you what you need to do. It's not intended for me to correct you and for me to point the finger of shame at you or anything like that. It's good news of great things. And you ask my wife, my feet's not going to win a beauty contest. But every once in a while, whenever the Lord will come by, and I can take a few steps for Him, and He'll give me His power to preach with, I can, I can use my feet to deliver His Gospel. And that makes it all worthwhile. So, <clears throat> the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may, perfect and may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. How is your faith? When the Son of Man cometh, shall He find faith? We're living in a world where everybody wants proof. We want, and just like Marty said in Sunday school this morning, he talked about Thomas. Thomas said, unless I put my hand into his side and I take my finger and touch the nail prints in his hand, I'll not believe. But what did Jesus tell, and Marty read it, what did Jesus tell Thomas when he appeared unto him? He said, take your hand and thrust it in my side and take your finger and put it in the nail print of my hand. And be not what? Faithless. Be not faithless, but believing. I read over in Matthew's writing, the 19th chapter, it talked about the rich young man that came before Jesus. And Jesus told him to sell all that he had and give to the poor and then take up his cross and follow him. And the rich young man went away sad because he had many riches. And Jesus said it's easier for, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for the rich man to enter into heaven. But the next verse gave even the rich man hope. I don't care what your circumstance is. I don't care what problem your faith said. Listen to this verse, would you? It said, for with God all things are possible. How can that be that God can make all things possible? How is that that He can do such a thing? It's through faith. Why, even your salvation came through faith. By grace, through faith, you're saved that not of works, lest any man should boast. It is the gift of God. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. I didn't have concrete evidence in front of me, John, that I bowed and said, Jesus, please save me. I had nothing to hope for. I had nothing. I didn't have any money to give. I didn't have any name of any consequence in this life. My family didn't have a, a great day. They didn't have riches. I was in my pajama pants church. Didn't have a dime on me. There was no evidence anywhere that it should have saved a little lost boy like me. And yes, Jesus, because I had faith in Him, 
and he extended grace my way. What is grace? It's the unmerited favor and love of God. How can he show such a thing to me when he sent his son to down Calvary? He came for sinners like you and I. By faith. Faith is an essential element of salvation. You cannot get saved without faith. Apostle Paul said, show me. Didn't he? Show me your, your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. You can't work your way in, but you've got to have faith to get it. You have to believe in your heart that Jesus loves you more than anything. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. How are your problems going to be solved? Are you hearing me this morning? Do you want an answer? How are your problems going to be solved? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. In other words, there's not one specific thing you can point your finger to and say that's the reason that God's going to do what He's going to do. You just have to have faith in Him and believe on Him. You have to trust Him to the saving of your soul. And if He'd save a wretch like me, there's nothing He can't do. Oh, you gave Him the most precious thing you ever had when you said, Jesus, save me. So if you can trust Him with the most precious thing you've ever had, your soul for eternity, why can't you trust Him for the simple problems of this life? A few years ago, they had an emphasis on writing in the school system. They wanted students to be able to read text and pull information out of that text to support their thesis. Pull evidence out that would support their train of thought. I have no evidence, Gary, to show why God would save a rich like me. But I believe that he could. And he did. Yes. All you got to do is just believe on him. Trust in him. It's a simple thing. Aren't you glad salvation's simple? Yes. Why does that a big complicated a little yeah, ignorant boy like me that never got it? Yeah. But Jesus had mercy and grace yeah. on the least of us, including me. Yes. Amen. All right. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen for by it. The elders obtained a good report. Hebrews chapter 11, if you want to go there, we can read about it. It talks about how the Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. How did he do it? By faith! If you want the Lord to bless you, do what Abel did. He gave the God the best that he had. He gave him the firstlings of the flock and the fat thereof. Just a simple set. We think 
we're a whole lot like the folks that were in the temple when Jesus came through with a whip and whipped folks out there. You know why he did that? Because they were giving him an unsuitable sacrifice. They were going and purchasing somebody else's sacrifice and claiming it as theirs. I'm here to tell you today, if you want God to answer your prayers, if you believe that He will, offer Him the best that you've got and see if He won't cut through for you. He whipped them out of the temple. That'd be like me going over to Chuck's farm and buying a, a cake or buying a turtle dove and saying, this is mine. I took care of this. I fed it. I, I did everything needed to be done to get it to this point. I'd be lying. Somebody else had done that, and that's what they were doing. Friend, you're not going to please God off Becky's song. You're not going to please God off of Marty's teaching. You're not going to please God off of John's song leading, off of his, off his Sunday school superintendent. You're going to have to please God for yourself. You're going to have to give account for yourself. Not everybody's a singer. Not every, and, and there's different gifts. You can read about them in the Bible. God gives some men gifts just to be able to witness for Him. To be able to talk to sinners. To be able to be a, a light for Him and shine out. I believe the Bible says, Let your light so shine above men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We sang the little song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And the next verse says, hide it under a bushel. No! I'm going to let it shine. If it only shines inside the walls of the sanctuary, is it really shining at all? You are in the world, but you're not of the world. Let your light so shine among men. It don't say brethren. Does it not? It don't say brethren. It says let your light so shine among men. There are lots of men in this world. Some of them are brethren. Some are not. So we are to let our light shine no matter where we're going. Faith. Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. What Cain offer? Of the fruit of the ground, didn't he? See, folks, this is a spiritual book. Abel offered the best that he had and then some. Cain offered of the fruit of the ground. Right here's the ground, it's the dust. I could sing Amazing Grace all I want to, but if it didn't come from the heart, if I didn't lift it up as a praise to the Lord, and mean it with everything that was within me, I'd be offering him of the dust of the ground. It don't matter if I hit every note. It doesn't matter how beautiful the music is or if I have any at all. If I'm offering it from the dust to make myself look good, if I'm offering it from the dust to get praise and honor and glory for my name, I'm wasting my time. God is not going to accept that sacrifice. Let's move on. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. When the Son of Man cometh, will He find faith. So, if He had an examination of your life in this instant, would He find it? We raised our hand about sinners. Yes, we're praying for sinners. 
But what are we doing? Is there any evidence at all that we believe that God's going to follow through and save that person we're concerned about? Are we calling their name? And it's one thing to raise your hand. It's another to follow your knees with a broken heart and a contrite spirit and give everything that you've got to see one more sinner saved. How about this? I believe when these girls were lost and undone without God that Jason and Renee somewhere or another crawled off with tears in their eyes and said, Save my children! It was more than just a hand raised. It was a broken heart cried out to the Lord and knowing that He was going to. I don't believe there was any shadow of a doubt whatsoever. You knew God would save those girls. I know, I know, I know that God wants to save at Dutch Bottoms. Is He going to save yours? How about it? If you believe God's going to save that sinner that you've got on your heart, say Amen. Amen. Are you going to do everything that needs to be done to see your sinner saved? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. When the Son of Man cometh, will He find faith? Now, we take that verse in terms of when the Lord comes back. Did you know He comes by Dutch bottles occasionally? He comes by here occasionally. So when He comes by here, is He going to find faith in you? Now, preacher, let's just preach on heaven. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Abel was able to offer a more excellent sacrifice then came because he got the best that he had and gave it and then some. He gave a what? He gave a sacrifice. Are you like me? I'm going to tell this. Mom, don't shoot me. I called Mom yesterday morning. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm getting ready for church. I said, Mom, it's Saturday. You know why she got up and went through that routine and got ready? Because that's her habit. She makes her way down to church on Sunday morning. And that's a good habit. That's a good routine to have. But just showing up it's very little sacrifice. Just, just being here, sitting on a pew, I, I will acknowledge that is a step in the right direction. I will acknowledge that you've sacrificed your time to be in the house of God. I will acknowledge that you've sacrificed some prep to get ready 
These girls probably don't wear dresses on every other day, but they dressed up today just to come to church. They look nice. They look pretty. I'm here to tell you today, I acknowledge that you have done what you've done to this point, but that's a very small sacrifice when it comes to pleasing the Lord. If you really want to step out on faith, read God's Word. If you really want to step out on faith, give Him your all, your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you really want to step out on faith, listen to His voice when He calls to your heart. Sometimes He'll say, listen to what the preacher has to say. Sometimes He'll say, sing a song. Sometimes He'll say, tell people you're glad you're saved. But if you listen to His voice, you'll be blessed. For your sacrifice. It takes a humble heart to make a sacrifice before the Lord. And if you've got faith that He's going to perform the miracle that He wants, that you want in your life, you have to step out on faith and give Him all you've got. By faith, Noah moved with fear and built an ark. Why did he move? You know what? For several years, and some of you will be old enough to remember what I'm talking about, you'd see the bumper sticker, no fear. We don't have to have the bumper sticker anymore because we don't have any. No fear of God whatsoever. No fear that he might sit in judgment of the way we live our lives. No fear that there'll be any repercussions for our sin. God, as I preached here the other night, has not changed. He's an unchangeable God and sin is still sin. And you will still give an account, preacher. You don't need to judge me. I'm not. I love you. I'm warning you from the judgment that is to come. I want you to know that there is still a God. He's still real. He's not changed. Yes, He's a God of wrath, but He's also a God of love, a God of mercy, a God of grace. And aren't you glad that He extended all three to sinners like us? Faith. Here's the verse I was trying to get to you. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you want to increase your faith, hear the Gospel. All right. Noah moved with fear and built an ark. Why did he move with fear? Because he knew that damnation was imminent. Because he knew the flood was going to come. It had never rained. He was like us telling you today that the Lord is coming back. We've never seen Him with a natural eye. I wouldn't err on the day He hung on Calvary. I wouldn't err, Roger, the day that He rose from the tomb. I've never touched Him physically with my flesh. 
But I know that He lives because He lives in me. He reached down in my soul and saved me, washed my sins away. I've never seen Him, never touched Him with this flesh right here, but He is coming back one day after the wild. Noah was afraid for his family, so he built an ark. How about your family? Are you afraid of them dying and going to hell? How about your family? We see folks just slipping away Every day, every time you go through the paper, through Facebook, whatever, somebody's lost a loved one. Their soul went somewhere. Are we concerned about them? Are we praying for them? Do we have faith God will move on that heart and save that soul? It shows in the way we live our lives. I believe Noah had some faith, don't you? He didn't beat around the bush. He got busy. He'd never built a boat before. Did you know that? But he followed the plans. Who's plan? God's plan. And it worked. Some of you have been up to Kentucky to the big exhibit that they've got up there, the attraction, the ark. They have their ideas as to how Noah made things work, how the animals were fed, how they survived and things of that nature. That's all well and good. You don't know how Noah really made it? By faith. He made it by faith because he feared God. And he knew God would do exactly what He said He would do. If God said all things are possible with Him, He'll make them happen if we have faith. If you want to see the church grow, have faith. If you want to see your loved ones saved, have faith. If you want to see shouting, how about this? Do you really want to see this touch bottoms? If you want to, I hope you do. Because if you don't, let's me and you pray until we both want to. Do you want to see shouting? around the altar at Dutch bottom. Do you really want to see that? Let's have faith. Noah's behavior was an indicator of his faith. Is your indicator is your behavior an indicator of your faith. If I want to see my people saved, but I don't, am not Christ-like, is my behavior an indicator of my faith? If I want to see my people saved, but I never invite them to church, is that an indicator of my faith? Friend, Show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Faith. We read about Abraham. He journeyed out by faith. We read about his wife Sarah had a child when she was past age. She was 90 years old and Abraham was 100. She even tried another way to have a child, didn't she? She sent Abram in to be with the handmaid and it produced a child named Ishmael. But Ishmael was not the child of the promise. Whenever the child of the promise came, it came right down through Abraham and Sarah. Sarah was 90. The angels came to her and Sarah laughed. 
whenever they said she would have a child, but God said it was possible, and God made it happen. If we trust the Lord, He'll make it happen. If we have faith in Him and believe with all our heart, if we do all we can to please Him and leave it in God's hands, He'll take care of us and bring about the best for His children you've ever seen. Fear not, little flock. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. All right. By faith. How's your faith? When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith? Remember, Elijah in the time of Ahab, Jezebel, the king of Israel and the queen were worshiping a false god named Baal. And we even read in one place where Elijah said, I'm the only one left, don't we? And they seek my life. Earthquake came and God wasn't in that. People are looking for the Lord in the wrong places. Did you know that? They're looking for Him in the wrong places. Raging fire came and God wasn't in that. A rushing mighty wind came and God wasn't in that. And this old boy that was down to his last few steps he said, I'm the only one left and they even seek my life. A still, small voice spoke to him and said, Elijah, get up. I've got 5,000. That's never bowed a knee to Baal. Satan says the church is a thing of the past. Satan says we're going to close the doors. Satan says there's no use for you to go anymore. In five years, they'll all be gone. Let me tell you something. John saw a number no man could number. It's still a mighty, mighty thing. It's the best thing God's got on this earth. And it's the only thing that the Lord's coming back for. Why? Because they have faith. Faith is believing when there's no reason to believe. Faith is saying God's going to when you don't have no evidence to support that He will. Faith. We read about Gideon that had faith. I preached on him not long ago, I guess. Mitch made mention of him. Before Gideon ever did anything for the Lord. And you may be sitting here under the sound of my voice this morning and say, what have I ever done for God? That He would do anything for me. Before Gideon ever did anything. Now listen, you know what Gideon's response was when he was told he was going to deliver Israel? He said, why I'm the least and my family's the poorest in all Israel. Who am I? That God would use me. You know what he was doing while he was making that speech? He was threshing wheat to feed them children of Israel that was hungry and starving. Yes, 
He was doing what God wanted him to do. Let God use you and you can feed a multitude. Before Gideon ever acknowledged anything, before Gideon was ever recognized, God called him a mighty man, a valor, a brave man, a good soldier, you might say. Oh, what did he do? Gideon prayed. He put out the fleece and he saw God's will. Gideon fed God's children. Gideon held up his line and break the pitcher so the enemy can see. That's exactly what we need to do today is hold up our line and break the pitcher. Get rid of this flesh and let God's light shine out in our lives because people need to see a ray of hope in this dark, dark day. Amen. How do you do that? By faith. I'll not go into all of Gideon's story. I will tell you this, he was vastly outnumbered. By faith, Gideon sent 22,000 soldiers home because they were afraid. And God said, face the multitude of the enemy that were laying in the land as grasshoppers, just covered and destroyed everything in all of Israel. Face that mighty, mighty army with 300. Just 300 is all you need. I know, and we got several gray heads. And we look back at days when there was 150 and 200 people here at Dutch Bottoms. I'd like to see us get back to them days. But I will tell you this. It don't take a multitude to please God. We just need faith. You want some modern day faith? There is no evidence. I know in years past, we had huge Bible schools. 120, 130, 140 people here tonight. That's great. I hope we see that. But we went through one of the worst years this country has ever seen. We've had endless fears about what may happen if we get out, if we don't get out. The church has faced one of the most trying times, not just Dutch Bottoms, all of God's churches that we've ever seen. And we have no evidence to say we'll have a big crowd. We have no evidence to say we'll see one sinner on the altar. But faith can move about. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Kiva. If we have faith, woo, as a grain of mustard seed, we can say it to the mountain, be thou removed, it'll be removed to yonder place. Preacher, I have my doubts. I have my fears. Satan really works on me. Well, let me give you the good news. Oh, when we stand there on the day of all days and face the Lord, He'll say, well done, thy good. And what are you going to have to get in? Faithful service. 
preacher. I've not been faithful always. I've let him down. I've disappointed him. I've turned from him. I've ran. I was like Jonah. I ran from him, but I had to repent. I've not always been in the center of his will. Listen to this verse. He said, Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Aren't you glad that he accepts the least? Little pitiful thing we got to offer. Oh, surely with that little grain of faith that you've got, you'll make it if you put your trust in him. Can I say I've been faithful over everything? No. And you can't either. But there has been a few times. A few times that I've been faithful over a few things. Enter in. Mm. Preacher, when I get there, I'm going to wear my crown. Hang on now. I don't know what all will be in it, diamonds and rubies. Hang on now. Better read your Bible. I believe it's a crown of righteousness. And this is what the Bible has to say about the righteous. If the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? Here I am, the pastor of Dutch Bottoms Church, and I'm here to tell you I'm just barely going to make it. I'm the very, very least of his children. We just, we have no room to brag. My youngest son went to L.A. They're going to Alaska in about two weeks. They had to take one of their vehicles and drop it off to be shipped. He said they saw more homeless people than he had ever seen in his life. And I know he's been to New Orleans. I know he's been to New York, I believe, in different places, Washington, D.C. He said they saw more homeless people than he had ever seen in his life. Jesus died for them too, Chuck. He said every drop of his blood for every homeless person that's ever walked the streets. He loves them too. For every drunk that's just now waking up this morning, Jesus hung on the cross of Calvary. For every adulterer that the thought of of a church and a Savior has never crossed their mind, Jesus died for them too. Well, preacher, that's them. And you're a sinner too. But for the grace of God, it could be us. By grace, through faith. And that not of works, lest any man should boast, it is the gift of God. The only difference between them and the meanest, vilest sinner, the only difference between us and the meanest, vilest sinner is we accepted the gift. That's it. He could care less about whether I wear this or not. He could care less about whether we have a church of 
10,000 or 30. He could care less about what my profession is or how much money's in my bank account. But he cares about my soul. Because he died for no Calvary. Amen. Bobby, I'm not going to leave him there. <coughs> he said, It is finished. And bowed his head and gave up the ghost. But I want you youngins to know that's not the end of the story. Amen. On the third and appointed morning, he arose Amen. and got up out of the tomb, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. What a miracle. How did that happen, preacher? By faith. Amen. It appeared to his many, I believe it was his 500. He made a believer out of Thomas, didn't he? And when I was lost in that day, an old preacher preached to me that I had to be born again. The saints of God loved me up. Aren't you glad for your church? Yeah. We read the card from Sarah. She remembered Juanita. She remembered Lisa. Remembered different ones that had loved on her. That's what a church is. It's not a number. It's not a program. It's a bunch of people that love you. That's what a church is. I don't know when she sent you the letter, Beulah. Might have been since she's left or before she left. There'll be a time in her life she'll look back and remember how good you all were to her. Maybe she'll come back here one day and she might just want to tell you one more time that she appreciates the light you are in her life. Don't discount the church, youngins. You'll not find another group of people that will love you the way the church does. You know why? Because they have faith in God. Because they know what God can do. He can change you. He can wash away your sins. I'm going to pick on John. I do anyway. He don't care. I believe he loves everybody at Dutch Bottoms. I don't think there's anything he wouldn't at least try to do to help you. His body may not allow him to do some things he once was able to, but I believe if he had to make the effort, he'd make every effort he could to help you. Amen. But when it came to my sins, he couldn't wash them away. He might have tried. He might have told me about Jesus. He might have told me how good it was to be saved. He might have lived the best life he could in front of me and in front of you, but he couldn't get right down there where those sins were to wipe those stains off. But I'm glad Jesus could. How could he do that? Because I had faith in him. I trusted him with my soul. And sinner, you need to do the same. You need to trust him. You need to call on his name. While you hear his voice today, harden 
not your heart. Your heart has been hardened. It's been crusted over with the sin of this life, with the worries, with the cares. You've worried about your job. You've worried about school. You've worried about your friends. How about an eternity without a Savior? Are you worried about that? Here's a word we don't use much. It's shunned. People say we shouldn't use it, but the word is stupid. I don't believe there's a sinner under the sound of my voice that's stupid. I don't believe that you're stupid enough to put your hand right in a fire. You got better sense than that, don't you? You wouldn't do that because it would burn you. And yet you're headed toward hell. You're headed toward an eternal fire. You've got family. You've got loved ones that are praying for you. That have faith God can and will. How about that, John? Will save you. But you know what? He won't save you over your objections. He is not an intruder. He won't knock the door down. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If, and that's a great big word in this sentence, if any man will open unto me, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. If you hear his voice, if you hear the knock, and you don't open the door, you're going to die and go to hell. I don't know how to be saved, preacher. Let me tell you how. By grace, you don't have to do a thing in the world to get that. God gives it to you free. By grace, what is grace? An unmerited love and favor of God. Through faith, simply believing. It takes, there's an element of belief in salvation. You have to believe that God loves you enough to save you. You have to believe that He came to this world, it is not just a story, John. He's more than just a story. Amen. He is the King of glory. Amen. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Amen. Do you? You have to believe that He was a person who came through a virgin birth went to Calvary and paid the price for your sin. He knew no sin. And yet He took yours and He paid for it with His blood at Calvary so that you could be rescued, so that you could be saved, so that the scarlet cord could reach down and you could reach out and take it and cling to eternal life. Because right now, friend, without Him, you're helpless. You're falling headlong toward hell. And the only way out is to have faith that He'll save you. Is to believe on Him. For with God, you just don't know me, preacher. You don't know the hurt that I've been through. You don't know the things that I've done. I know God loves you. And I know He will save me. He wants to. If you hear His voice today, harden not your heart. I'm going to ask Marquita to come and play this verse. If you're here lost and undone without the Lord, today would be a good day to be saved.
You're afraid? Preacher, I'll wait till Bible school. Will you? And I hope we see lots of sinners saved in Bible school. But you know what? There's no guarantee we'll have it. There's no guarantee we'll get to have Bible school. This virus may fire back up. We may have to suspend services. There's no guarantee you may get to Bible school. There could be an accident or something other that puts you in the hospital or you couldn't be here. Death may find you. Preacher, you shouldn't preach like that. I'm just preaching reality to you. I'm here to tell you today, you better answer Jesus' call while He's calling on you. Don't you want to be saved? Or you may be here and have a problem. You just don't know what to do. Don't know which way to turn. My advice to you is to try Jesus. You may have tried other avenues. You may have, have put faith in other people. Put faith in other ideas. Why don't you put faith in Jesus and trust Him? How about it today? Somebody want to pray?